Welcome to the Everyday Church Podcast. It's a show designed to talk about how God can use small church, ordinary church, everyday church. Your hosts are Barry Littleford and Jordan Dorsey, two small-time pastors who think about this stuff a lot. We welcome you to today's show. Alright, hello and welcome to episode 7 of the Everyday Church Podcast. Uh, it is awesome to have you with us. Um, I'll be honest, and, and Barry will be as well. We, we're loving doing this. It's fun. It's kind of cool. Yeah, I, I kind of like it. I mean, I, I'm enjoying the fact that we're engaging with other churches, that there are people that are enjoying the content, enjoying the discussion. Um, so we're having a blast. So that's let, why we're let, doing let's it. Let's face it, though, man. You just like talking. Full stop. <laughs> when God gives you a gift, I just feel like you have to use it. I remember the first time you preached, man. Your voice was so quiet and so shy. And we really had to bring out this inner voice. But when we did, man, there was unleashed the dragon. There will be people for all time that will curse your name, Barry, for teaching me to use my diaphragm and how to project my voice. But now that I have, I just can't stop. So I enjoy talking, but I I am praying that uh, our content is beneficial as well. We're not just driveling on, but that when you're listening to this, that it's at least by the Spirit of God transforming it into something wise and and special to you what, what i love about podcasts is is that even if what the people are talking about um is relevant or not to you that the spirit of god can kind of do something yeah. and and move in some way and and take you even in a different direction of thinking well we, we went to a whole conference last year got very little out of the conference except a decent worship experience but what we came away with was one of the most groundbreaking ministry ideas that we've ever had, and it's still working in our church today. So it's sometimes interesting how God will change what you're hearing into something far better. And that's our prayer for our podcast. That's Might true. God use it to the benefit of your church and your ministry? But today we're going to actually follow on with our discussion in our last episode about culture. Because it's so massive. It is a huge topic, and I don't think we can discuss it enough. Last episode, we discussed how you're going to have to have a really important conversation really with your leadership team. We discussed how when you want to do something as a church, but you're failing to achieve it, that there's a culture flaw at play and that if you don't address it, you'll never move forward. And the the frightening truth that a bad culture will destroy any vision that you're trying to put forward as a leader or as a pastor. But today, what we're going to pull apart, depending on how much time we have, is pull apart a couple of of common culture flaws that you might be experiencing in your, your church. So a little bit more practical, a little bit more of us sharing our experiences, but we've got three on the books today, different culture flaws that we've experienced. I doubt we'll get through them all, but we'll give it a go. We'll give it a whirl and uh, see how our 20 minutes rolls along <laughs> with it. We're going we're gonna to start off with the first one, which we've dubbed the avoidance culture. Mm. And it's pretty common in just about every everyday church. And one of the reasons why it's common is because it's one of the hardest ones to tackle. Now, avoidance, Geordie, is basically when someone is behaving badly is to do nothing about it. Yeah. That's avoidance culture. Now, there's a little church that uh, I was um, a part of where um, there was one person in that church who uh, wanted to sit in his seat. <laughs> He'd been in that seat for uh, the 75 years of his life. He'd grown up in the town. He sat there. And when someone knew come, I kid you not, <laughs> he would stand alongside of them and stare at them until they moved. Wow. 
Okay. Now, there is no way that anyone in that church thought that that was a good culture, mm. but no one was prepared to do anything about it. Yeah. No one was prepared to have a conversation, have the hard word to say, do you understand how this is making people feel when we're trying to grow people in the understanding of God? Mm. They just let it go and said, well, that's just that person. That's just the way they do things. Yeah. And that's okay. That's a classical example of avoidance behavior. And it happens in just about all churches unless they get their understanding of how to um, approach conflict in a healthy way uh, activated within their church. It's, it's a deadly mentality of just saying, well, that's Bill. That's, that, Bill. That, that's how Bill rolls. Yeah. I don't know a Bill, but that's how Bill rolls, you know? Um, and that is scary. Because it, and I've heard the same story about the seats before, where they'll kindly ask even a new person, "You're in my seat," and you think about the 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 dramatic effect that has on someone who just tried to sit down and blend in for the first service, gets confronted by this frightening Bill character, um, ask him to move. It's scary. But one thing I think this is something that we as leaders really need to learn is I've just seen it that that there's this thing going on where if you can avoid conflict, that you should. I think that's a huge lie. I think as leaders, it's our job to take the hard conversations head on. I think if we avoid them, which is what this culture floor is all about, we lose the effectiveness of our church because of it. I think when we say, oh, that's a conversation for another day, that is where we are failing as leaders. I think that we need to be the leaders. We need to be the past to say, I see that there's a huge issue here and I'm not going to rest until it stops. Mm. I think we need to address the bills in our churches and say, your behavior isn't okay. And just apologize to any bill who's listening <laughs> Sorry, bill. right now. <laughs> we don't, there's no actual real bill that we're referring to here. Uh, but yes, our apologies to bills out there. It was, the name, it was either Bill or Bob, I was thinking. And, and sometimes, particularly when you're in a, in a small community, uh, it's not particularly large. Uh, everybody kind of knows each other. It's really easy to just not tackle it. And, and, and sometimes if you've tried to tackle it and you've got no response, you just kind of give up and go, well, I, I've tried and, and that's all there is to it. Mm. But it is the easy road. Mm. It is the wide road. I mean, people in society avoid conflict all the time. But in the church, we're called to process our emotions, process um, what's going on within the life of our community and bring it into a healthy place. And there is nothing that makes a church more unhealthy and more unsafe than not dealing with people's bad behavior. Mm. And, and to be honest, I've, I've come across ministers who be behave badly. I've come yeah, across well. leaders who behave badly. And all you have to do is look at those ones who try and manipulate people, push people into a different direction uh, that they want to go. That's where abuse it starts to come onto the abuse line. It is bad behavior and it needs to be tackled and it needs to be corrected in some way. And so uh, what we've got to do as a, a leadership team, as leaders within the congregation, is we've got to have a mechanism of dealing with these behaviours. Because if we don't, all of a sudden it's going to be so big that we're going to have to get outside people in and we want to deal with it before it gets to that stage so that we can encourage uh, the, the healthiness of the congregation to move forward. Yeah, it's a, it's a real... Uh, real challenge um, because when someone's misbehaving you, there is an element of oh, I, I don't want to make this bigger than it has to be 
Um, I don't want to make this person leave our church. That's the last thing you want. You don't want anyone to leave your church. But at the same time, if they're misbehaving in a way that's affecting the culture of the church and those who are trying to experience the community of the church, then maybe at the end of the day, you have to be okay with maybe they do need to go. And that is one of the biggest fears that people have is that Mm. if I stand up and correct this people, even in love, Mm. even doing it biblically, that they're going to take their bat and ball and go home. And if they take their bat and ball and go home, then people are going to ask why they've left and we're going to have to tell them that we pulled them up on it. And and then all of a sudden other people might leave and we can imagine that it, it will snowball along the way and, and that we've actually done something wrong by pulling them up. But the reality is actually the exact opposite. Mm. If someone's behaving badly in your church, just about everyone knows that they're behaving badly. Yeah, yeah. There you go. You don't go and talk to that person because they're going to jump down your throat or Mm. whatever. And so as a leadership team, if you actually start tackling these bad behaviors, everybody takes a big sigh mm. and go, oh, at least they're doing something about it. And even yeah. if you get it wrong, there's the appreciation within the congregation that you are wanting to set a biblical, a, um, a, a healthy standard within the life of your congregation. Mm. And there is going to be times where people leave and you've got to say, God bless you. I hope that you find another place where uh, people can nurture you into this understanding. Because, yeah. Jordy, let's, let's, let's really break it down into its simplicity. Mm. If you approach someone and say, I-, I think that how you're communicating or what you're doing or uh, how you're uh, interacting with people is, is actually causing a negative effect on the community, and that person turns around and says, I don't care, I don't believe you. Mm. How dare you tell me that sort of thing? Are they a disciple of Christ? You know, are, are they really uh, having someone with a humble heart that wants to learn and grow? I said, no, that there will be some bitterness, there will be some angst, there will be some issues going on behind there. And if they don't want to tackle those issues, there's not a lot you can do mm. as a pastor, but sort of ask them to either stay away or to um, to take a deep breath mm. until they're willing to do something differently. Yeah. Now, if you go and tackle someone, and, well, tackle them literally, but <laughs> if you, you go, <laughs> just imagine this, <laughs> don't say that, and tackling them. But no, um, if you go and address someone a, a, in love, um, then, um, and, and they have a heart going, oh, all right, I... I hear what you're saying. Yeah, you want those people. And Jesus says that you've won yourself a brother then. Mm, You know, you've won yourself a chance for a deeper relationship. Uh, And and that is where you want to go and that's where your heart should go. But not everyone will go there and you will lose some people. Yeah, you will. But the the, the reality is that if if they stay and you avoid confronting their behavior, their behavior reflects poorly upon the whole church. It does. And in particular, which is the scary thing, upon your leadership as the pastor of that church as well. If uh, if you're a a leader of a certain uh, group or a certain facet of the church, it will reflect poorly on you. And that, not that we're trying to save face of ourselves, but we are trying to build a healthy reputation and a healthy culture of our church. 
And we need to be willing to say, I, I'm not going to allow this to continue. You are uh, kind of dragging your area of ministry through the mud here. You're kind of tainting how the image that we're trying to put forward. We need to have a conversation about it. And I don't think that, that you, can't, you can't address things too quickly. You need to go for it and sit down with them and say, oh, you know what? This has been going on for a while. Um, it needs to stop. Now, if you've done any sort of assertiveness training at all, this all comes into play. Uh, I, I think I'm actually pretty good at confrontation, but I've got to tell you internally, every single time that I want to do it, every fiber of my being wants to go the other way. Yeah, it's easy. I, I mean, I, I just don't want to tackle it. I know I have to from a leadership point of view. I know I need to, but every part of me going, I, I just don't want to do this. I hate confrontation. I hate pulling people up, even when I want to do it in love, even if it's the best thing for them. I hate doing it. Mm. But when, I, when you see the damage that is caused when you don't, uh, it, it compels me every single time. Yeah. I have to, uh, within myself, go, I've got to do something about that. Mm. Now, obviously, uh, the easiest time to do it is straight after someone has done something. Yeah. Uh, that's the easiest time to do it, to go and see them later in the week, but always pull them aside in love. Mm. You know, Don't dress them down in front of your congregation yeah, yeah. Uh, unless you, you have no other choice. And, and look, if someone is, stands up in the middle of your church service, for instance, and, and, and just behaves badly in a public way, then in love, yeah, you've got to kind of say, you know what, I hear your point of view, but I don't think you're right. So sit down and yeah. be quiet or go outside. You know, mm, yeah. there's, there's ways that you've got to respond. Um, you know, I know I've had that in one of my congregations, a guy in the middle of uh, one of my young preachers preaching just was started to berate him as a preacher. Mm. And I just had to step in as the leader and say, look, excuse me, I understand that you want to be vocal but you've got to let this young man speak. If you're not prepared to do that, then I'm going to ask you to leave. Mm. Um, they're easy cases, but when you've got people who are entrenched in your congregation, then it takes a lot more guts. And, and if you come to a congregation where the key person who is behaving badly is a key leader, yeah, wow. that takes even more energy again. And so what I encourage you, like changing any culture, we said in our last podcast, Jordy, that... You have to, um, you know, take your leadership with you first. Mm. When you're addressing serious bad behaviour, you've got to get your leadership on side first as well, yeah. because the, what they'll try and do is what's called triangulate. Okay, they'll try and put you and them and another group of people into the picture and mm. get you fighting off of each other. Oh yeah, and that's what what you want to do. So as your leadership and you have to be consistent about the fact that this bad behaviour has to change, mm -hmm. and then set about uh, doing it. And now, if you've got space to do that, you've got to do that. Mm. Um, and and if your leadership is behind you, that gives you far more security. Yep. But if it is a leader within your group. Um, even more so do you have to get the rest of the leaders behind you yeah. um, so that um, you come with a, a clear understanding as a leadership group that this person's behavior is wrong. Well, I think there is absolutely no room for avoidance when it comes to misbehavior in, your, in a leadership team. I just I think that, that if, even if a day goes by with this person acting in a certain way, it can dismantle years of work that you've done in a, in a ministry area. 
Um, but that's really what the, the, your leadership team is about. They're there for you and you are there for them and they can be your filter. They can be where you can uh, pull apart ideas. So I think that going to your leadership team saying, what do we do here? We've all, we all know Bill, how do we deal with him? How, who should go speak to him? How can we address this? Because this can't continue, I think is a really a great place to start. And really all of this, all our discussions so far on culture have been around communication. So really, if you're a leader and you struggle with communication, you got to upskill here because your communication will either make an issue achievable or it will make it bigger than it has to be. One of the um, my favourite sayings over the last 12 months as I've been dealing with leaders or influential people within my church mm. who for some reason or another are behaving badly and, and some they're behaving badly purely because there's other stuff going on in their life and they're just venting yeah, and yeah. it's not how they normally behave but it's how they're choosing to behave at this point in time mm. and so I, I find myself sitting down to them and go look I tell me about what's going on and let's hear the story mm. uh, you do that pastorally uh, and then I come back with these words what does the gospel compel you to do? Yeah, yeah. And so I bring them back to the fact that Jesus gives nobody an out. Mm. If someone has sinned against you, you go and deal with it. Yeah. If you've sinned against someone else, you go and deal with it. There's no uh, middle ground. There's no wriggle room. You've got to just deal with it. And so for a lot of my people for the last 12 months, it's been sitting down. Tell me what's going on. But then what does the gospel compel you to do? And nine times out of 10, they'll turn around and go, I really should go and say sorry, shouldn't I? Yeah. yeah. I said, yeah, that's what the gospel compels <laughs> you to do. Go say sorry. Yeah, you know? it, yeah. And, and I've seen people do that with a sincere heart. Mm. And I've seen people do that with an unsincere heart. And I've got to go back again and say, you know what? You said the words. But, but you didn't mean it, mean it. Yeah. and you and and it's like you're a five-year-old where your parents make you say sorry for having that extra lolly that was meant for someone else but you're not really sorry at all yeah so we um we um just getting a telephone call um <laughs> we're in we new station to, now we need to work that through um but uh, <laughs> That was really funny. But we've, we've got to keep that standard and that culture up all the time yeah. of, of calling people uh, to the account of the gospel, not to our account, mm. but to the account of what Jesus asks us to do as mature people of faith. Well, that's the call of being a pastor or being a leader within the church is you have to bring it back to what it's all about. Because if you uh, com communicate all of the issues and the conflict and the concerns on just a practical basis, you're missing what really is at heart here. Because really the, the reality is people's misbehavior is rooted in something else. And often what we're seeing is just a symptom of something that's underlying on a deeper level. Mm. Um, so people's ability to communicate poorly with people within the church is probably because of a breakdown somewhere else in their lives. Um, and we as leadership need to really see if we can peel back the layers in the conversation. Because it's not just about addressing with the behavior that's going wrong, it's addressing with the person behind the behavior. I think that's really crucial here. And when you're dealing with conflict, it's very easy just to talk to the behavior, to talk to the issue. But we are pastors, we are leaders, we're called to talk to the heart of the situation. And I think that's so crucial. 
So really, uh, discussing this whole idea of avoidance, we have to be really careful. I, I think that churches, I, I know the churches that we've been a part of, we're very good at avoiding when we want to. It's easier. And there is a spiritual resistance here. When you want to go talk to someone about something, there's this tug within you that says, just don't do it. Don't bother. But really, at the end of the day, those hard conversations, those crude conversations will bring about the most life. Either it's for that person and their poor behavior, or it will be for the benefit of the greater good, which is the congregation. So as we wrap this up, we want to encourage you that your communication skills as a, as a leader need to be really on point here. Yeah, it takes all your energy. Yeah. And you, you feel like you've been through the ringer when you've done it. But tough conversations are important conversations Certainly and you've are. got to have them. And because if we don't, our culture will suffer. It doesn't matter how many good discipleship groups you've got going. Mm. It doesn't matter about how many church plants you're rocking. If you've got a bad culture of people misbehaving through leaderships, uh, performing poorly, and you as a leader can't address them, that will taint your reputation as a church and it will stunt the growth that you want to see within it. So we want to encourage you have the conversation you yeah. as you're listening right now you might be even thinking of the exact person you need to have a conversation with book it in book it get in. it done because you'll be you'll, you'll thank yourself for it because um, we want to see really people healed by the gospel and really what we're seeing with behavior is a symptom of something going wrong in their lives and, and if it's a really tricky one even if you're a pastor of the church get your leadership team around mm. and if it's a member of your leadership team that you've got an issue with <laughs> then get everyone else but them around yeah. and and talk about how you're going to move through, get uh, their blessing that it's the right thing to do, that it's yeah. not just a personality clash between you and the other person, yeah. and then go and book it in and, yeah. and sit down and say, I, I love you, um, but what I'm seeing here is really unhelpful for the life of the church. Yeah. And, it's a, and I think at the end of the day, as, as we wrap up, uh, that fear of losing people, we have to let go of that. We have, we to. have to allow God's spirit to be in amongst that to, to make the right decision there. But if you're talking to a leader and their behavior, you have to be willing to step them down, whether it's on a pause or whether it's indefinite and say, you know what, that's not okay. And if they leave, they leave. If it's a congregation member, don't think about, oh, look how many rosters we have to fill because they're not on you know, projection this week. You know, But we have to look at it and say, if I let this behavior slip, it will affect the culture that is so important to everything we're doing as a church. So we said we're going to do three. We did one. <laughs> so that's excellent. Um, so we'll uh, see what we can do with the other ones. But we've come to the end of our time. We hope that this discussion has really spurred you on in some way to thinking about the behaviors that are in your church and uh, that it is a gift to you and that you can step into uh, the wisdom that God has for you. Uh, till next time, we'll catch you around. See you later. Thanks for listening to the Everyday Church podcast, where we seek to be a help to the everyday church. Our show notes can be found at openministries.net, and you can also become interactive by liking the Everyday Church podcast Facebook page. We trust that you've enjoyed today's show.